Paige is back this year. Yes. So what is it like having somebody like her healthy again? You two have kind of been a duo for a few years now, and now you're both out there for what's been a full season so far. Right, right. So what has that been like having her back on the court for you? Oh, it's been great. It's like a breath of fresh air, mm-hmm. not only for myself, but for the team. And as we've been talking about, like, with the injuries and everything, especially when someone like Paige goes down, who, you know, everyone loves her as a teammate and everyone loves her on the court. It just brings like a like a black cloud over the team. But to have her back, it's like rainbows and sunshines and <laughs> and on the court, you know, I'd I be missing the dimes that she'd be giving <laughs> me. So our two man game, whew, I don't know. Oof, it's giving it's Shaq good. and Kobe. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's <laughs> hey, top. Hey, man, it's good. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's top notch yeah. for sure. Welcome back to Sometimes I Hoop. Today, we've got Canada's finest on the pod. Quick, humble brag about our star here. Big East Tournament MOP 2023. Big East Most Improved Player. 1,000 point score at UConn. Olympian for the Canadian basketball team. None other than UConn superstar Aaliyah Edwards. Thanks for hopping on. Thank you for having me. So excited. Just a quick get into things. I know that you're into music. So what do you feel like would be maybe like a song to represent your freshman year compared to a song for your senior year? Like how things are going. I know for me, my freshman year was real rocky. So maybe be like a really sad cry your heart out song. (laughs) Senior year was more exciting. So do you have something like that? Um, See, I don't know, because I think I came out the gates like firing my freshman year as well. So, okay. Wow. Uh, Start off probably, with a toughie. Yeah, it's a really tough question. <laughs> I'd probably go off with more like a chill vibe, maybe like okay. off the top of my head. I'm trying to think. Or maybe like like an artist vibe, like who you would An artist with. vibe? Yeah. I would yeah. probably maybe like a J. Cole, Rod Wave type vibe. Okay. That's okay. what I'm thinking. Okay. Now, I'm probably like, New Drake for sure. New Drake oh. or like maybe like a Nikki vibe, like upbeat. Oh, with Nikki like vibe. Everything is just flowing for me. It's it's on point. I like that. Senior year, yeah. big dog on campus nowadays. So need, yeah, yeah, yeah. need the Nikki vibe. All right. right. For all the dogs, um, you know what I'm saying? For all the Huskies. <laughs> all, the dogs. all right. <laughs> so jumping into the current basketball landscape, you guys had a really tough non-conference schedule. Talking about NC State, UCLA, Texas, Notre Dame, the list just goes on and on. So talk to me a little bit about that non-conference season. Your team, was there somebody that you guys were shocked by with their talent? Or what was that non-conference schedule like? I mean, our non-conference schedule was really tough. And it's nothing that we're not used to because, you know, playing mm-hmm. here at UConn, we always be playing the top teams and, and coach in the way that he is. He always wants to challenge us early in the season. So it was nothing that uh, we weren't used to. But at the same time, it was a big challenge for us because internally we were faced with a lot of things. and injuries and a lot of stuff happening and not a lot of players available realistically Mm -hmm. but I think that you know our first three losses it was top five teams in the NCAA so it really accredits to us not being ready but at the same time pushing us early on out the gate so that we can be more successful down the road so I think it was good for us. Yeah for sure and I mean talking just a little bit about those injuries You guys have really shown that it doesn't matter who you have available, you're going to make it happen. So what does that mindset come from as a team to be able to just kind of next player up all the time? Everybody's ready. It comes from our competitiveness. I think, Um, you know, with me, I'm very competitive and stepping into that leadership role for me as a senior this year. Mm -hmm. I really had to kind of emphasize that even though we're outnumbered, it's our skill 
not only our talent because we can't always mm-hmm. win games with our talent, but just our mindset and having that kind of gritty type feel and vibe with our team is really going to help us win games and overcome mm-hmm. us being outnumbered. I mean, you can see it right now. Y'all got two freshmen starting as they have yeah. been the past few games, and they're right. they're playing great. They're they're doing their thing. <laughs> they're doing their thing, and I know they're probably stressed out, but they're right. they're doing their thing. <laughs> now you're in the conference play, and you guys are rolling. Other conferences, you see the Pac-12, SEC. There's upsets every other day, but y'all are rolling nine and zero right now. You're averaging sixteen points, eight rebounds. What's kind of that next big game you have circled on your calendar? Obviously, our next big game would be South Carolina. Um, it's another out-of-conference game for us. And as you said, like mm-hmm. we've been in flowing and, and everything's working for us in our conference play. But don't get me wrong. like Big East, I feel like, can be underrated at times. I think even last mm-hmm. year we had four biggest teams going to March Madness tournament and just a credit to how competitive our league is. But I think it's the style of play that's just really different than the other conferences. And even though we might not be the biggest or most aggressive conference, I think that it's a lot of fundamental skill that gets displayed in the Big East. And um, it can be tough to guard and tough to play against at times. But next big upcoming game would be South Carolina for us playing there. First time I'll be playing in South Carolina and 18,000 fans, you know, that. Yeah. But that's women's <laughs> basketball, though. We love to see it. So You're completely right. I love to be a part I of mean, it. I mean, playing in Columbia, let me tell you, it gets loud. It gets, and I know y'all about to have a good game, so it's going to be loud, but I'm, I'm excited to watch. It'll be good. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. But I mean, I think you're right. The Big East does have some sleeper teams year in and year out. Talking about Villanova last year, they had Maddie, but they reloaded this year again. And you have St. John's, you have a lot of top teams. So what's kind of a sleeper team or maybe a sleeper player in the Big East that you're really impressed with so far this season? Uh, can I be biased to my team or? (laughs) We obviously (laughs) know. We can give a quick shout out to your team and then you give me another one. Okay. Okay, yeah. Shout out to to UConn for sure. Um, (laughs) One of the toughest teams that we played against so far probably would have to be Marquette. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they're not the biggest team, but they're just very, as I said, fundamentally skilled. And I think that everyone plays their role and plays their role beautifully. And it Mm -hmm. really complements each and every person on that team. So they're always tough to guard because they're running so many things. They have a lot of shooters, have a lot of tough physical people inside. But we're 2-0 and with them, so I think that we're off to a great start for, <laughs> for us. For sure, so. for sure. Shout out Marquette, but you had to say you yes. are 2-0, and so y'all are doing great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so outside of the Big East, would you say, I feel like there's a lot of teams that have come onto the scene this year. You got Kansas State at their highest ranking ever, just a lot of teams right. in and out of the top 25. So do you feel like there's a sleeper team kind of just across the nation right now that's really shocking people? I think it it really goes day by day, week by week at this point, because you see the rankings always changing every week. And I think that with women's basketball, especially what we're seeing with this new generation, it's really about who's going to come and bring it that day. It's not really about what's happened in the past, your history. And, and, you know, obviously UConn is a dynasty, but I Mm -hmm. think that up and coming for women's basketball. And that's what we want to see different teams stepping up, different players stepping up into the limelight and helping advocate for women's basketball and helping engage more people to watch. So I think it's great for us, and especially as, as a student athlete trying to 
to do what we can in NCAA. I think that it's just amazing to watch and be a part of. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the girls of women's basketball is off the charts right now. And I think a lot of people are seeing it through this year's freshman class being so outstanding. Not only the freshmen on your team, but you got people like Juju at USC and Hannah at Notre Dame and Michaela. Just the list goes on and on and on. So when do you think is the last time that we really saw a freshman class be able to dominate like this? I know your class was you guys are pretty good. Right, you guys are pretty right, good. Would yeah, you say that's the last yeah. one or what do you think? Yeah. I don't know. I I think our freshman class was was unique, not only because we were dominant, but also that, you know, we came in when it was COVID and yeah. it was a time in the world where like nothing was really certain. There's a lot mm-hmm. of uncertainty, a lot of challenges that we had to face and and overcome. But I think that we still came in and um got our work done and still were able to play together as a team and to play together as a class and show out. But, you know, as you said, this freshman class is coming out, man, it's giving AAU <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I don't know if the world is ready for it, but I- yeah. I'm glad that we're changing the dynamic of women's basketball. And I think that especially going into the future and for pro as well, it's going to mm-hmm. change the whole style and, yeah. and speed of basketball. No, I think you're completely right. It's crazy to see kids so young coming out with so much talent and like they're so prepped and ready. I feel like when I came in, right. it was like a deer in headlights. I was like, there's so much going on. <laughs> uh, how do I focus on everything? And they come in and they're Don't ready make to mistake. go. Yeah, yeah, it's like I'm stressed out all the time, but it's really right. just showing the growth of women's basketball, I think. I think it's beyond the freshman class as well, but talking about how you know, the Big East is on the map now, too. You have all these other conferences or maybe like mid-majors that have these amazing stars nowadays and just the parody across women's basketball in terms of talent. Like, I feel like it's so much more spread out nowadays than it used to be. Exactly. There's no top dominant team or or player or school. Like, everyone changes that dynamic, and I love it, and I love to be a part of it. Yeah, no, you're right. And I feel like, you know, UConn has always been a staple in women's basketball. And there's been some famous rivalries talking about Notre Dame and Tennessee and all these people. Who do you feel like nowadays is you guys' modern-day rivalry, like a game you always have circled, somebody that you're always looking forward to? I mean, I think I have to go back with the history and and the footsteps I'm following into. So it has to be definitely Tennessee. I think that going in to my sophomore year when we played at Tennessee and that was kind of when it was just after COVID and they Mm -hmm. were able to to bring in some more fans. So it wasn't filling up the whole arena, but it's still enough that I could hear, you know, the trash talk and hear (laughs) the quote unquote hate that um, came from that whole um, Tennessee versus UConn dynamic. But I think that that's what people live for and especially our alum and especially um, supporters that's what they come to watch and come Mm -hmm. to see and they've lived through and I think that just kind of holding it and making sure that we play to a standard is really gonna push the wave and and um make sure that we're stay dominant yeah I mean you're you're completely right I think like rivalries like that the UConn Tennessee the UConn Notre Dame different things like that across the country nowadays it's really what draws fans back every single yep. season because like you said the quote-unquote hate there's legit hatred there like <laughs> from there is, there everybody is. <laughs> back whether it be coaches or past players fans like right. it's wild to step into but we yeah. touched a little bit about the big east the sec the pack who do you feel like and you're biased to the big east obviously but across the board who do you feel like is kind of the toughest conference this year because i feel like a lot of conferences have really upped their games in terms of depth from top to bottom there's not a lot of easy games nowadays absolutely I don't know I think that 
we're hearing a lot of buzz, especially from like SEC and Pac-12 as well. And mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, you you came from Pac-12 and and what you've done for Stanford and, and that whole program has really held its own. But I think that those two conferences in particular, they've really made sure that they stay on top yeah, and made sure yeah. that they're staying competitive, which I love. And that's why whenever we play out-of-conference games, I love to to play against and match up against those teams because it's just a different style of play that we're used to on during our regular season, but also it helps you be a better basketball player in different aspects. Yeah, for sure. I feel like there's so much competition. Like, I remember yeah. my, my freshman year, you play certain teams in the pack, and it's like, oh, that's light. And then nowadays you right. get... Like, I just saw the scores from this weekend. I'm like, oh, upset, upset, upset. Like, everybody yeah. <laughs> across all their conferences. I'm like, who, who's winning these days? It's crazy to keep track of. Exactly. It's really yeah. wild. But not a lot of people talk about, I feel like, certain players on certain teams. Like, people know, but they don't really know. And so we're going to talk about a few different names that you played against this season. I want you to give me, okay. you know, you don't have to, like, give the UConn secrets of your scouting report. But you can, you, you can, you can <laughs> Don't give me a, trouble with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing too crazy. But like you can give okay. us a quick scout about just kind of giving these certain players their flowers. I feel like don't get it enough. So we'll start off right. with NC State. Sanaya Rivers. Give me something about her. I will say that when we played her, for sure, she was just certified bucket. Like yeah. definitely coming off the ball screen, can get to the hoop, can pull up. Three-level score for sure, and she really showed it to us. And I think that even though she may not get the limelight or the headlines every time, it's really about the little things that she does that really puts her team to the top. And I think that with each and every team, the best player on the team is really who's doing the the little things that mm-hmm. help lead to the win at the end of the day. So I'll give her her props and flowers <laughs> for sure. Yeah, she, she's a bucket. And I feel like yeah. transferring from South Carolina, she didn't have – that role that she has now. So to see somebody like that really stick with it is really just props to them. Okay, our next person, Rakia Jackson, talking about that Tennessee rivalry. You know, it's hard to go beyond that rivalry, but we can give some flowers to her. Absolutely. And it's funny, I actually did play Rakia when I was in high school, so I got to kind of see and and battle against her before stepping into college. But yeah, she's just a, a dog. And I think that her passion and her emotion for the game really comes into how she plays and it chooses to her advantage. I think yeah. that, you know, I'm not going to say uh, buckets on me, but uh, <laughs> she definitely, she definitely operates very well in the high yeah. post game and, and she can get to the rim. And I think that she's just a very sound offensive. For threat. sure. Yeah. She, she's a bucket, like she's yeah. our guard. And then last yeah. one, talking about freshmen, you played against Madison Booker at Texas this year and she, I, mm-hmm. She was not on my radar heading into the season. And I've watched some of her games. She's a bucket. Right. right. I'm <laughs> saying pull up every second. And yes. her shot is so quick. I think she loves going left, too. It, um, when we played against her, it was just left pull yeah. up every single time, every possession. I'm like, okay, okay, freshie. Okay, okay. We'll do you. Yeah. You know say? <laughs> I feel like your even when you have on a scouting report and it's like, oh, left, left, or right, like this percentage of the time, it's like, okay, they're we'll stop They're still going to get there. But they're so good at doing it. It's so right. hard to stop. Right. It's like, if <laughs> exactly. I could, you think I would let them go that way? I'm really right. giving it what I have. You think you think I'm not trying? Or? Exactly. What's the problem? Yeah. So horrible. Yeah. But diving back into you, talking a little bit about kind of your upbringing and early hoops, grew up in Kingston, Ontario. How did you get into basketball? Who would put the ball in your hands? 
I would definitely say my brothers. I have two older brothers, and especially my oldest one. He was an assistant coach with my mom for my first like club basketball team, and you know, obviously having your mom and your brother as your coach can be tough, and I it's, bet, it's I not the easiest was. thing to go through. <laughs> Exactly. It's it's not the easiest thing to go through, but it really helped me from a young age to kind of lay the foundation of how I am as a player and also how I am as a person. Mm Because not only did they help me be the player I am today, but also just be a great teammate. And I think that's one of the things that my mom made sure that we did for our team is just be a great teammate first and then everything else will fall into effect. So I think that definitely my brothers, they, they played college. My oldest brother, he was a Kobe fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a Kobe fan. We really bonded through basketball with watching Kobe and, and the Lakers. And that's why I have my hair, the colors that I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so unfortunately, my, my brother did pass away when I was 15. But I think oh. that just living through him and living through what we've created and our bond and, and our love for just Kobe and how competitive he was and just how gritty and it was really his mindset more than anything. I know that people are going to say that may not have been the best teammate, mm-hmm. but he at the end of the day, he got it done. And it was really his uh, his competitiveness that pushed him over all the competition. So, yeah. You're stealing my questions here because I was going to talk oh. about, I mean, you're Uh-oh. just you're jumping the gun, but that's okay. Um, my just, fault. Yeah, just talking about being a Kobe fan, the mama mentality and everything. That's what, beyond his skill and everything, but to get to where he was, it's yeah. that mentality that got him there. So Absolutely. how do you see yourself incorporating some of those teachings and things that he talked about into what you do and how is incorporating those different things help to get you where you are now, which is one of the top collegiate players. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I would say that over the course of the years, especially coming into college, like as a student athlete, it's not just about, okay, I'm just going to come here, play basketball and do what I do. You know, you got school, you got Mm -hmm. different stuff in your personal life that's happening. You're getting older, you're becoming more of an adult. So there's a lot of stuff surrounding, I need to incorporate that plus being a dominant basketball player. And I think that coming here, especially UConn and being the top school that it is, like it's taught me a lot. But I think even before UConn, it was really Canada basketball mm-hmm. and being in the senior women's team and, and kind of being that dynamic that helped me mentally lock in. And I think that as a competitor, I just try not to focus on the future, but staying in the moment, living in the moment, Staying humble, but also letting them know. So doing the little things, that's get a rebound to help me get a bucket or my team get a bucket or diving on the floor, taking a charge. It's not all about everything that shows up in the box score. So that's how I go into mentally into each and every game. I mean, you can see it. I think what you said earlier about great players aren't always the ones scoring the points. Like, obviously, you're a great scorer, but I feel like there's so many little things that you do on the court. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Watching you play, it's it's the rebounds, you dive on the floor, you're blocking shots, you're hyping up your team. And I think that all just adds to what makes you so great because like a team, you know, you're not going to have your best shooting out every night, but that doesn't mean they're going to take you out of the game and what you bring to Absolutely. the team. So I think Absolutely. you can definitely see that as you play. And I mean, talking about being on this senior national pool, all the team camp since you were like a baby. <laughs> Talk to me a little right. bit about the basketball culture in Canada growing up, like those players that you looked up to, the Kia nurses. Talk to me a little bit about being pulled into that senior level camp at such a young age. Right. I mean, Canada is great. I'm always going to 
rep and shout out Canada. Yeah. But at the same time, when I was growing up, you know, I wasn't really watching a lot of NCAA just because simply they wouldn't stream it mm-hmm. up in Canada. So it was kind of hard to kind of watch even the WNBA too. Um, so I really had to fall in the footsteps of watching Kia or watching like Natalia Chama or Bridget Carlton, you know, those those Canadians who really set the tone in the the national team atmosphere. But yeah, being the youngest on any basketball team is hard to do and you don't want to make any mistakes, kind of like a rookie in college. But at the same time, you're surrounded by so many elite athletes who like my oldest teammate at the, when I first was a part of the team, she was like 43, I believe. Oh, and I'm wow. like, girl, I, if me and you are going up against the ball, <laughs> I'm going to let you have it. I'm going to just stay back and, and clap yeah. you for the getting yeah. the rebound. But no, I think it was great for me because I was just such a sponge soaking up everything that I could do. Asking questions was a big thing for me and, mm-hmm. and just learning from from people who are experienced and people who were in the position that I want to be in. So I, I loved playing with pros at the young age. You know, there's times where I learned my lesson, like, yeah, I can't go up for that shot because I'm going up against a, a six, seven woman. <laughs> yes. And I'm a little girl. So uh, <laughs> there's times where I got taught my lesson, but other times it really helped me uh, be more of a versatile player and not just a one-level player. Oh, for sure. And I feel like playing against older women as I've gotten into the league, you can really tell, like, you're younger. You could probably get around quicker or do this and that, but they are so much more efficient. Like, they know how to get to their yes. spots so easily. Yes. And I bet for you, like, coming from algebra and geometry and these women just drop off their kids, like, it's just a different... They just understand different things, right? And so I think it translates exactly. to the core just in terms of, like, their basketball knowledge is at such a different level that being a sponge mm-hmm. allows you to learn so much and then incorporate it right. into your own game. It's really great. Right. But diving yeah. into a little bit about growing up in Canada, I bet your recruiting process was different than a lot of us had. So what what was recruiting like, not only being in another country, but going through it during COVID, dealing with all that? How was your recruiting process? It actually wasn't too bad. I think that my mom was a big core in just taking all the load for that because I went to two different high schools, my second high school for my last two years, I went to a prep school mm-hmm. and we were able to play in the U.S. a lot of times. So I got to play against some some Americans and kind of <laughs> uh, show my name and stuff like that. But it was really from like Canada basketball. And I also went to like a basketball without borders camp. Mm-hmm. And that really helped push my name out there. And I think that it was hard to seek opportunities, but I really had to earn opportunities through playing with like my provincial team, playing with the mm-hmm. national team and and really just be patient. And I think that eventually the calls and the mail, you know how it goes, like comes at you fast. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, my parents, definitely family, they really helped ease the stress and help me have a smooth recruiting process. But yeah. Getting towards the end of the recruiting process, What set UConn apart from the other schools that were recruiting you that made you end up wanting to go to Connecticut? It was tough because like me as a person, I'm very like, it's hard to say no to you. Or if, you know, when you get that call from that coach and and they're like, uh, not feeling you, (laughs) (laughs) not really a good fit for me. It was hard to be like, no, like I'm not going to come here. Making those calls Um, is hard. Right. So that out of the whole process, that was the hardest thing for me to do, <laughs> just saying no or, or to letting them know that I'm not going to go. But no, I think that 
for UConn when I came on a visit. I only went on one visit, which was here. Okay. Uh, it was really the team that drew me in and obviously coach, but mm-hmm. um, it was a team. And as I said, that I'm a team player. And if I can't vibe with you, if we don't have a connection, if we're not like-minded athletes, yeah. then I feel like anything, any execution is just not going to follow through. Yeah. Right. So I got a great vibe from the team, all competitive. I saw practice, thought I could survive it <laughs> until I came in <laughs> for the fall and was like, maybe not. Yeah. But uh, no. And then also coach, he's a he's a tough guy. But at the same time, it's all love at the end of the day. Yeah. He's very honest, too. I, I want someone to tell me like what I'm doing wrong and what I need to do better. Mm-hmm. Tell it to me straight type. But yeah. And then also on my visit, coach texted uh kobe and hit him up talking about me and he told me that he responded and i was just like oh my gosh yeah Yeah, this is this might be it this might be it but um unfortunately like that's uh the same year he passed away so Mm -hmm. um it's unfortunate that we didn't get to connect or i didn't get to to speak with him one-on-one but at the same time i feel like just what he's done throughout the NBA and also for women's basketball has has been a bigger impact than anything I could have asked for. So yeah, yeah. Well, Gino knew who to text. He knew he knew right. Who he knew what he was doing. He knew what yeah. he was doing. He's a smart man. Yeah. He's a smart man. Yes, he is. <laughs> but so you know, you get to UConn your freshman year. You talk about those first practices, those first three hour days. They'll get you. Mm-hmm. They sure will. Mm-hmm. But so you get to UConn, one of the historically best basketball programs in the country did you feel any type of pressure going in your freshman year being like you know creating a name for yourself but beyond that talking about the team there's a certain standard that they have and a legacy that you're now joining so is there I mean even just beyond that like the forward position you got Maya Moore Stewie Tina Charles right you know what were your expectations or what was your mindset heading into that freshman summer freshman fall I would say like the first for some summer workouts before you even got into Ooh. preseason, it was summer workouts that mm-hmm. really be getting you. So coming to some workouts, I was just like, you know, I'm just going to give it my best, go 150 percent, try not to make any mistakes. But everything I said, I did not do. So <laughs> I think that it was hard for me at first to to adjust. And especially mm-hmm. with COVID happening, it was just very isolated workouts or very isolated training, which was fine. But at the same time, a lot more pressure and expectation. As you talk about the standard, there's a UConn standard that coach and our team holds ourselves to. And even when you walk into the building, you're seeing all the grates on the wall and Mm -hmm. all the banners in the gym. It's a lot. But at the same time, each and every practice, it was tough, it was intense, but it made you be a better basketball player at the end of the day. And I feel like every day I was challenged and every day I got better I got stronger and I think my IQ wise grew in that aspect because all the the pressure that we get in practice it helps us in the games and and it does really carry over so I think freshman year in the beginning yes I I was nervous like anybody else but I came out thinking that I was the best player on the court so that's how I played and as I said I do the little things and it helped me grow and helped me uh, develop my game and I mean you had an amazing freshman year and for me, what helped me was having those upperclassmen kind of lead the way. And so mm-hmm. coming into UConn, there's great players every year in every class. They were yeah. all, you know, McDonald's this, Team USA that, whatever. And so yeah. 
who were kind of the upperclassmen that led the way for you your freshman year to be able to learn from? Yeah, definitely. My seniors were Olivia Nelson Odota, Kristen mm-hmm. Williams, and Avina Westbrook. And I feel like those three, they really tried to, especially in a time when it was kind of like, there's no fans, so take off that pressure. But yeah, it's very, I don't know, it was, it was still very like heavy. Like Even though there's no fans, it was kind of like a practice, more like a scrimmage every time yeah. you played a game. And, you know, coach can hear everything on the court at that point. So <laughs> you got to make sure that you're on point. So I think that they really did a great job just taking us under our wing and, and um, really showing us the rope and showing us that um, we need to be gritty, need to be aggressive and need to be fearless at the end of the day, because especially my freshman class, we they needed us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we came and like me and Paige, uh, we came into the starting lineup pretty quickly. So they need us to just be fearless and, and come in and do what we do. And um, I think that they really did a great job just being those leaders that we could rely on for sure. Talk about impact player. You came in, you were a biggie sixth woman of the year as a freshman, which is a huge accolade to pick up that young. Earning an award like that, what does that propel you into that next offseason, really? Because I feel like anytime you get something, and I'm sure your mindset is the exact same. It's like, okay, what's the next thing? Now I want to do more. Right. Now, now right. how am I going to continue to build off this for the next season? So picking up that recognition so young, how did that propel you into your sophomore year? I feel like, as you said, like anytime that you achieve something, you always want to strive for more. And uh, that's the type of person that I am and, and type of player that I am. And I'm never satisfied. So coming off my freshman season, going into my sophomore year, I was like, I need to do more. I can be better. I can mm-hmm. improve in, in different areas and and not just be recognized as just the rookie, a good rookie. And I think that at the same time, coming into your sophomore year after a great freshman year, mm-hmm. there's more expectations and a little bit more pressure. Like you got to outdo what you just did. Yeah. So I think that especially that summer, I was in the gym working out putting up shots, getting Mm -hmm. into a routine, making sure that I can kind of outdo myself what I did freshman year. And at the same time, like even the work that you put in, you might not get the results that you want. And I think my freshman year wasn't what I hoped for. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think that it was a good place and a good time for me in my college career to have that kind of slump or to not be as productive so mm-hmm. I could learn from it and I could I can grow and be a better player out I of mean, it. I mean, you came back your sophomore year and had an amazing year, but I think that mindset of being ready to build and like, I can bring more. And I think also yeah. what you talked about, like having a little bit of a slump, it really motivates you more than anything else. Yes. Like when it's a slump, yes. it's so frustrating because, you know, maybe I know for me, whenever I was in a slump, it's like, now this is what people think I am. And I'm like, I can right. bring so much more. Like now you don't have the expectation. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's, There's so much going on internally. Um, yeah. But, you know, off your freshman year, you guys go to the Final Four, losing to Arizona that year. What do you think that did for the locker room? Because it pushed you into another Final Four, which we'll talk about later where we ended up meeting, whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but going off that Final Four loss, how does that, you know, kind of as a team, because you guys returned most of the players you bring in Dorka you bring in AZ a lot of big players how does that kind of propel you into that next summer of working on that charisma working on that chemistry really locking into different things what was that summer like after a tough final four loss it was tough just Mm -hmm. because I think that obviously 
UConn, we've always been going to Final Fours and that type of expectation. But to actually get to the Final Four but not capitalize off of that, mm-hmm. it really hit not only myself but the whole team. And I feel like, especially our freshman year, we were really pushing. And there was a great flow to our team, a great chemistry that that we had between not only the first five but the second five. And I think we were really deep in my freshman year. But, yeah, summer workouts, tough. Mm-hmm. The mindset was like, we know we can make it back there and do better. Yeah. And we did anything that we can to work towards that. Yeah. I mean, going into that next season, that was kind of the last time you guys have been at full strength. Like everybody was healthy. When did you realize with that team talking about that tough summer that you had? When did you realize that, you know, you were a title contender? Like not only could you guys have a great season, get back to the final four, but you have the firepower to actually get there and do something I think it wasn't until after you won the the Big East conference and Mm -hmm. I feel like whenever you win the the conference you're just on a different level and a different vibe and I think the whole team is like okay like we can really really do this and as you said that we were pretty much healthy at that point and and everybody was was doing the role everyone was playing to the strengths and giving 150% at that point. So I think once we hit the tournament, we were just rolling, rolling, rolling. Yeah. And it was all gas, no breaks. And it was good until the last game. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was all gas. Y'all, y'all were rolling that mm-hmm. year for sure. And so we ended up meeting in the Final Four that year. You guys won. But talk a little bit about going back to the Final Four. The Final Four, I always try to, like people ask me how it is. It's really hard to explain. There's such an energy. There's such a vibe. Like, it's it a is. surreal experience. So talk to me a little bit about our game that led led into the South Carolina final. I mean, coming into the final four when it's us and Stanford, yeah. I believe it was the first time we played you guys as well. So it, it was tough because mm-hmm. you guys had a lot of bucket getters. And when you step into a final four atmosphere, you're thinking okay, we can make it to the national championship game, but we have to win this game first. So (laughs) you can't be thinking ahead too much. But no, it was was tough. And Minnesota too. So it was, you know, you guys had your fans. We had our fans. So it was just a a great atmosphere. And at the same time, it is a lot of outside noise that Mm -hmm. can get carried away of of what your team goal is which is to win and to do it effectively and and to run the things that you guys want to do and and execute your place and i feel like there's so much that goes on at final four weekend it's the media and then everybody's at your practice you're doing photo shoots and then yeah they're talking about like the rivalries that's been on for years and i'm like i just got here like i'm just trying to focus on right now (laughs) there's a lot going on But that that game, that was a good game. I remember it was close. It was good. But then leading into your your first national championship appearance, which was for UConn, I want to say first time in six years playing South Carolina. I know the energy for that game was off the charts. And you played a lot of players who are now in the league doing amazing things. How tough was that game? Man, it was so (laughs) tough. So tough. I think. You know, even before the game, obviously love Aaliyah Boston. It was like Aaliyah versus Aaliyah. And people yes. were saying like Battle of the Braids. And it was like this whole thing off the court. And I'm like, girl, we're just here to play basketball. I'm trying to focus <laughs> on the game, not other stuff. Yeah. But um, no, being the the dominant 
player that she is and and they're a big team and um we didn't have as much size at that time and we knew that was going to be our disadvantage going into that game but at the same time it wasn't like something that it wasn't like we were thinking that we were five points behind going into the game we were thinking like let's attack them first Mm -hmm. but we know that they're going to attack back but we got to be able to what's like our response going to be to when they attack us and I think it was a game of runs game of possessions um it was a tough game for sure especially on the rebounding they kicked our butts but yeah it was a good game for me to play in against personally because like a lot is at stake anything that you do can be for you or be Mm -hmm. against you so if you make a wrong decision dribble into double team yeah that's five points already that's that's gone (laughs) and and you think you can't be thinking about the last play especially in the national championship game because one and done yeah so it was a good learning experience for me for sure but it's yeah, I mean, a tough game to play. It's in. tough. The Natty is tough. And losing in the Final Four, losing the Natty is really hard. Just because, like, not only it's the end of your season, but losing in a Natty, it's like the confetti's flying and it's all yeah. you see on social media for the next, like, year. It's horrible. Yeah. And so talking about, you know, it was a great game for you. How did that kind of influence your summer that you had? Because coming in your junior year, your game, like, you were already here and it just, it broke through to a whole nother level, your junior. It was really a breakout year, in my opinion, for you. But, you know, what did you really focus on that off season for your sophomore to junior year? You went from averaging eight points a game to 16 and a half. So what were your focuses that led to you being able to have that breakout season? For me, it was more about, I felt like I was very limited, especially in that national championship game. I felt like they took away the one thing I could do, which was basically get to the basket. So mm-hmm. that off season, I was like, I need to be more of a versatile player. I need to be more of like a hybrid, like slasher, more like mm-hmm. um, extend my game out to the perimeter because I know that if they take away one thing, I can back it up with another gear. So that yeah. was kind of my mindset going in my off season, being able to have a shot, being also able to get to the rim and, and add different, different things in my bag as well um not just being able to do a layup but being able to add footwork be on balance and all this type Mm -hmm. of stuff so I knew that I could be better than what I showed in the national championship game and that was really my motivator yeah well I mean girl we saw it you're backing it up you're taking (laughs) people off the bounce you're doing xyz I think you know your scout definitely became a lot tougher for every opponent that had to play you and so that season you have a few key injuries how did that impact your leadership because watching you not only playing against you but now watching you from a distance of this and that you can see the impact that you have as a leader on the floor people look to you you're a source of energy but also keeping people calm this and the third Mm -hmm. so how were you able to kind of now you're an older person on the team which is always a weird dynamic shift oh my gosh so (laughs) yeah it's weird so like people are looking up to you now so how did you kind of take on that role not only on the court but in the locker room, checking on teammates as more than players, this and that and third. It's a lot. And I think that especially being a leader, like you you understand more about the person that's coming up to you because you've lived through it. You've experienced it. So you kind of have some stuff that's like, oh, this is what happened when I was in your boat or I was in your position. So you can kind of lean on that and help them out. But at the same time, like it's easy off the court, but on the court, I'm not really at the time I wasn't the most vocal leader. And Mm -hmm. I think that coach and the coaching staff really 
emphasize on on having me be that presence for them because it was a tough time. We went through a whole bunch of injuries, and I think each and every year now we're going into preseason like, yeah, we got this. We got all the players. We're a full team. Yeah. We're fully healthy, and then something just strikes us down. But whatever strikes you down, you'll be able to build it back up, and I think that it really relied on faith and relying on one another to help me with my leadership role. And I think that, you know, as we do get older, not too old though, but as we get older, <laughs> the body feels old. Um, yeah. We, we, uh, we learn different things and, and we learned that we're not only playing for ourselves, but we're playing for other people. And as you do get older, like senior year, the body's feeling old. Get into practices hard. This and that. Hey, now. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, once you get to the league, all of a sudden you're young buck again. So I have my okay, teammates great. being like, oh, rookie, you're young. You're feeling fresh. I'm like, what? I'm tired. It's, it's definitely an adjustment change. You talked a little bit about, you know, coming to the season healthy. You got Paige back. You got a lot of players healthy again. Fresh freshmen, all these different things, but now you have five players out again. Caroline, AZ, the list just goes on. Mm -hmm. From the, you know, outside people are just like, oh, UConn's hurt again, this and that. But mm -hmm. coming from the inside, how does the locker room have to deal with that? You know, I know the people who are injured are amazing people. AZ and Caroline are going to be there cheering you guys on, doing everything Absolutely. like that. But it definitely changes the kind of vibe, especially when those injuries first come out, seeing, right. you know, they're not just your teammates, they're your friends get injured. So how are you as a leader trying to, you know, work through keeping people motivated, keeping people locked in, not letting all the outside noise step into what you guys are trying to and can still accomplish this season? Right. It's hard because, you know, I think nowadays media plays a big role in, in how we are, and how we perform yeah. on the court. So especially having bad news and to see our teammates down, especially those AZ and Caroline, you know, um, and the list goes on. But mm -hmm. um, one of the things as a leader I'm telling them to do is like next man up. And even yeah. though we're down one, it's really our mental toughness that's going to push us to, to add another teammate to help us out on the court. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's not easy at all. It can't be easy, but it's really about our what we're really to do. And as long as we play with heart, that's going to take us to the top. And I mean, like you said, the outside noise is a lot and people are going to always mm -hmm. give their opinions. I think especially being at a place like UConn, the standard is already that much higher. And right. I get that being at Stanford, it's the same thing. You don't get the same leeway that other schools are going to get because of the history and the legacy that you're now a part of. And mm -hmm. so how do you deal with staying locked in on the present? It's hard to not, you know, it is hard. You can go down a slippery slope down the Twitter rabbit hole like we talked about earlier yep. <laughs> or X, there's a lot going on. So how are you able to shift that focus to always be where your feet are, not looking towards the future, not getting mm -hmm. too caught up in a poor performance or a loss, whatever it may be, but really staying grounded. I think that one of the biggest things is I do rely on my faith and I think that I give myself grace. And I think mm -hmm. that's where you have to start because everything happens for a reason and it may not be positive, but there could also be reward that comes with it. And I think that one of the things that I try to focus on is living for the day and taking it day by day and doing something to challenge me every day so that when 
the time comes where I'm in the storm or I hit a wall, I'll be able to mm-hmm. to persevere over that. But as you said, it's hard. But as student athletes, we learn to live with it and not let it affect us some days. But I think that it really relies on the team and the chemistry and how connected we are and how we play together because if you play as a whole, nothing can break you guys. And mm-hmm. and that's really what we've been relying on these past couple of months now and and really relying on just keeping the energy up and, and staying positive. Giving yourself grace is really something. It's, it doesn't come easy. It takes time. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's not easy. It does. That's something a lot of athletes can not get so hard on yourself because I think what makes you so great is also being able to be critical and look like Absolutely. this is what needs to be better. Watching film, mm-hmm. even when it sucks, but it's like, right. <laughs> okay, but you but you also did this well. There's this positive. I think giving grace is something that every athlete continues to work on throughout their career. Talking about positivity and this and that, Paige is back this year. So what yes. is it like having somebody like her healthy again? You two have kind of been a duo for a few years now, and now you're both out there for what's been a full season so far. So what has that been like having her back on the court for you? Oh, it's been great. It's like a breath of fresh air, not only Mm -hmm. for myself, but for the team. And as we've been talking about, like with the injuries and everything, especially when someone like Paige goes down, who, you know, everyone loves her as a teammate and everyone loves her on the court and off the court. It's just it just brings like a like a black cloud over the team. But to have her back, it's like rainbows and sunshines and <laughs> and on the court, you know, I, I'd be missing the dimes that she'd be giving me. So I'm glad yeah. to have her back. And I think it's just her passion for the game is really what drives her to be the great player that she is, but also helps mm-hmm. us to be a great team. And and she's really the backbone that helps us. And um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Our, our two man game. Whew, I don't know. Whew. It's, it's giving Shaq and Kobe. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> hey, man, it's, it's good. It's, it's, yeah. it's top notch for sure. Yeah. Talking about all the different weapons that you guys have. Obviously, somebody like Paige, who's amazing. You have yourself. You have a lot of great people. And earlier we talked about freshmen across the country and how amazing they're doing. I think your two freshmen who are starting right now with KK and Ashlyn are kind of going under the radar in terms of top freshmen. They may not be having like these gaudy numbers or this and that. But they've been steady and they've been giving the yes. team what you guys need. So talk a little bit about what they've been able to bring to that team. Both of them really stepping into roles that, you know, who knows if they would have had these roles, injuries, they're stepping up with that next man mentality. Absolutely. And I think that you could probably relate to this as well. Being a freshman and asked to even be in the starting lineup, even if it's for it's one minute, <laughs> it is a lot. Especially yeah. when you come out for intros, you're like, oh, wait. I'm not just getting introduced. I have to go play a game. Right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. So it's a lot. But I'm super proud of them because, you know, as you said, maybe if things didn't go the way they did this season, they may have not been in the same position to be in the starting Mm -hmm. lineup or to to be asked to do as much as they're doing right now. But I think that one of the things I've been trying to tell them and and they've been doing well with is just to play fearless. And Mm -hmm. I tell them that you're freshmen. It's your first year of college. You're going to make mistakes. It's yeah. okay to make mistakes, but you want to make less mistakes <laughs> and more buckets more and more good. great plays. Yeah, more good. More good yes. yes, than the bad. But um, yeah. no, they're holding their own out there. And I think that it starts in practice. They're putting in the work in practice. And that's where the trust and we can build off of that in the games. And but I'm super proud of them. They're they're putting out maybe yeah. not as much 
big of the numbers as we're hearing with the other freshman class, but they're still putting out numbers and, and it's yeah. effective and they're efficient doing it. Yeah, so. I think that they're playing their roles that they've been asked to play at the highest mm-hmm. capability. Like you said, like Absolutely. they're freshmen, especially KK playing the point, like turnovers are bound to occur, but girl, oh my gosh. just give, give, give us a positive ratio. <laughs> that's that's, that's right. what I mean. Ashley, right. get your buckets. Like there's, right. there's things you can figure out. But talking a little bit about UConn and people flying under the radar, CD is such an icon of the game. And I know when I was being recruited by UConn, I was like, ugh, I love, like that was one of the hardest calls was I called Gino to say no, but I also called CD. I was like, you, girl, you're amazing. (laughs) Um, I just, it's not for me, but like CD is such, just like a pillar of women's basketball. And I feel like her impact isn't talked about enough. Like if you're not around UConn or just kind of like there every day, you don't see how much that she does. So talk a yes. little bit, give CD some flowers here in terms of oh my how much gosh, she means I, to your connection. I can go days to give CD flowers. And I think yeah. that, you know, coach gets all the, the praise and, and everything that he, he deserves for sure. But I think yeah. CD's been right there with him for mm-hmm. what, 40 years now? And That's a duo. Uh, that's that's a what duo. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and there's been multiple times where CD had to step up and be the head coach as well. And yeah. and and she has like a 20-0 record. And I'm uh-huh. like, you go, girl, every time. And she's like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't do too much. Don't gas I'm me. Like, don't no. gas me. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and I think she is the best fits. Like CD, she makes sure mm-hmm. we're on point with whatever we're wearing, making sure that we're on time. And, and she just teaches us a lot of life skills that goes unnoticed and something that the, all the alums say about her, like she's going to be hard on you, but at the end of the day, she's going to teach you a lot of things that in the moment may not seem like you're going to need now, but yeah. down the road, it's going to be effective for you. And, and um, no, we all love CD. We all be joking with her and, and she's really just, you know, as I said, the <laughs> backbone of, of her, of our team. Yeah. 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 She does a lot. She does a lot. She does. And I feel like she just commands so much respect from everybody. Like, even like when I played against y'all, I'm just like, hey, CD, big fan. <laughs> right. Nice, you gotta say nice to see you again. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's no like, you know, some people that you may have been recruited by and mm-hmm. you said no, there might be some weird vibes. But like right. with CD and Gino, I'm always like, ah, good to see yeah. you. Both. Big, big love, big respect. <laughs> just just but great people. Talking a little bit more about your senior year, you guys had the opportunity to go and play in Canada this year. So yes. sold out crowd. What was the energy like? And I bet just for you, like so many people from your community coming out to see you. What was what was that experience oh, like getting to play gosh. in front of the hometown? Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> it was like when they first told me that they set it up, very grateful for it too. Like when they first told me they set it up, I'm like, oh, okay, this sounds good. And then when yeah. we actually went down, I'm like, it exceeded all my expectations. Yeah, It was a great crowd, a lot of support, a lot of love. Seeing people I played against in high school, the opponents even coming to see me <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and saying that they just want to come watch us play and proud of me. And I, I, I just think that the love around women's basketball in Canada has grown so much. And to mm-hmm. be a part of that in December and, and to witness it firsthand, it was just amazing. Yeah. Couldn't ask for anything better for sure. And and my teammates, obviously, they make the little Canadian jokes. And CD's <laughs> the one to be like, oh, are you actually international if you're just across the border? I'm I like, bet. yes, CD, I am. <laughs> I'm not, not American, but... Um, <laughs> No, it, it was just great to have both of my families, my American family and also my Canadian family come out and 
and my worlds colliding and, and to see that it was just it was amazing and also yeah. with the WNBA game playing in, in Canada early that mm-hmm. year I think it was just another testament to what Canadians are gonna show love to the sport and and to basketball even though we're a hockey we're a hockey country but <laughs> basketball's making their way out there so they're making the Soon way come. they're making yeah. their way yeah okay well, I mean, it looked amazing. And I can't even imagine that feeling for you, especially, you know, like your family's going to be there, but also just like people that maybe you haven't seen in years, like you yes. teammates or people you played against, like for them to come and watch you play. I know for me, just even having people you haven't seen for a while come to a game, it means so much. It's like, oh, my it God, does. how it really are you? Does. Da, da, da. It's really great. So I love that you got to experience that. Thank a you. A little bit more just about Canada basketball. You've been playing with a senior team since 2017, which is wild, and you're already an Olympian, <laughs> wild again, <Woo-hoo>. but, <laughs> but yeah. what was the biggest takeaway from being at the Olympics? It was already kind of like the Olympics, but then you're at the COVID Olympics, so I feel like there were a lot of different stuff going on, and you got to be with Kia Nurse, so, you know, what what was that Olympic experience like? First of all, I just want to say it was amazing. I had the best yeah. time. I, I think, bet. you know, outside of like the actual games, we do a lot of stuff. Like we were in Japan for about a month before the actual oh, wow. game. And uh, we went to like a little village. We were practicing. We did stuff within the community. So there's a lot of layers wow. to it. So overall, yeah. it was amazing. I will say, though, a lot of my older teammates, whenever I say, oh, my gosh, this is the best time I had, they're going to be like, this is nothing compared to what we're used to. Like the, the yeah. two-time Olympians, they're like, yeah. you don't know what actually goes on because this is not the same. It's okay. way different. It's way bigger. But I'm like, hey, I'm young. I'm, I'm having a good time. And yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, I can yeah, say Olympics. I'm an Olympian. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. But it was cool. Like, I think one of the best parts of it, about it, other than the community stuff, was um, being in the Olympic Village and you like look out your window, you see people like training, boxing, mm-hmm. you, you see people running around the village. In the village, there's all the flags. There's just uh-huh. this whole pathway of just all the flags and of the countries that are there competing. And you see all the different teams. And it was just, it was a lot to take in, but it was yeah. beautiful. And I, I just enjoyed every minute of it. And I think that I was able to help impact a lot of, the younger generation in terms mm-hmm. of showing that even though I'm the youngest on the team, you can still dream big and you can still achieve a lot of things if you put your mind to it and commit to it mm-hmm. and put in the work. And, you know, I I wasn't expecting to go out there and, and start or anything, but I was able to to help my team and be one of 12. And that's all I could really ask for. And it, it was just I loved it. And I love yeah. Japan, too. Shout out to Japan. <laughs> Shout <But>. out Japan. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> I mean, I bet it was amazing. And I mean, fingers crossed, 2024 Olympics coming back up. So now you'll get to see what those vets were talking about. And now you'll That's get to, be able to compare yourself. Right. So how, ex- how excited are you for Paris 2024? I'm excited. Um, obviously, as I said, I'm going to stay in the moment, uh, focus yeah, yeah, on the yeah. season and everything like that. But, um, no, it's going to be, it's going to be great. And I think this is a, a great time to, to, to have the Olympics, especially coming off of it being COVID and being mm-hmm. so isolated. Um, but no, I, I'm super excited uh, yeah. and the qualifiers are coming up. So okay. hoping that Canada can 
bring home that qualifying ticket <laughs> and secure a spot. But yeah. no, it should be exciting. Yeah, I mean, being an Olympiad is wild, dude. Like already, <laughs> like that's crazy. What? I I bet that whole thing was wild. I mean, just talking to Leticia about it here, she's like, right. Where's her? She wears her Olympic necklace. Oh my literally, gosh! Literally, literally. Every day. I, as soon as we got back, she got that, and I'm like, girl. She's like, I'm she either gonna get tatted off. or do it. I'm not surprised. She, she has to I love Tish. And then, she's she's oh, amazing. She's a clown, is what she is. She's nonstop. But right. no, she wears that dang necklace every day, and I'm yep. like, we get it. And then other teammate Alicia Gray just got tatted right. with her Olympic Olympic thing. Let me tell you, it's the smallest tat, but she's like, oh, uh-huh. I'm added. A big, big tat girl. <laughs> I'm like, all right, we get it. Two Olympians, you're good. We get it, yeah. whatever. So moving back into the college realm, NIL has come about since you've been in school. So mm-hmm. what is that like? Being, you know, Tell us a little bit about the experience. Is it different being international? What are the rules like? I know you've gotten to do a lot of cool things with putting on your camp and everything, but mm-hmm. how does NIL work? So it's a bit different being an international student because we are here on a student visa at uh-huh. the school. Um, we can't officially work in the United States. So uh. um, a lot of international students can't really capitalize off NIL, but mm-hmm. there are ways around it. You know, I think our university here has been doing a lot of good things where it's like group licensing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So everyone can kind of everyone eats. And I'm like, OK. Let me get some like, of this person. Yeah, me some too. Of this person, me you know too. what I'm saying? Um, anything I can, but um, yeah. So it is a bit, a bit challenging, and um, we can only really capitalize off NIL if we're off American soil. So mm-hmm. um, that's really the only time we can participate in it. At the same time, you know, from when I was younger, just dribbling a basketball, I, I, it's just all been about ball for me. Yeah. Not really about what comes with it, but just about the relationships I build and, and what I come in here to do every day in the gym. And so I'm, I'm happy I'm cruising. But, you know, if I could get a little money on the side, then I would appreciate <laughs> that as well. For sure. For sure. Give me, you know, everybody eats. That's Give what me I'm saying. Stuff, so. Yeah. For sure. And just talking about those relationships that you built, you did have the opportunity to do your own camp in Canada. So what was that experience like getting to give back and just kind of see the impact that you've had for young Canadian hoopers wanting to grow up and be just like you? Oh, my gosh. So let me tell you, running a camp is not easy. It <laughs> it's is not, not for easy. the week. It's not right. for the week. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I was like, Mom, you need to help me. Like, come on, mm-hmm. come on, come on. But um, it was a great show. I was expecting maybe like 30 kids, 60 kids mm-hmm. pulled up. And I'm like, Whoa. okay, <laughs> got to change the whole schedule. But it was just great. And I, I think that just having the whole community come out and to show love wasn't expecting it. But I got more than what I asked for. And yeah. it was really something that I wanted to do for a long time. And since I've been away at school, it's hard to, you know, tap back into your community and, and go back to your roots and and really thank the people who sacrificed so much for you. So it was a great opportunity. I had a small window before I had to come back here for uh, summer training, but um, it was amazing. And it wasn't really for money either. Um, They had to bring in like a canned good, a perishable, non-perishable food item. And I donated all the food items to a local soup kitchen Uh in my hometown. So it wasn't really about the money for me. It was more about the experience that the kids were getting out of it. I had some little goodies for them. They had halftime or they shot half court shots and had a little prizes and it, yeah. it was just a, a fun day for them. So 
that's really what I wanted to come out of it. I bet it was sick. Like doing your own camp is so fun. It, it yeah. is a lot of work. But like it is also just being around like little kids at camps. It really makes you for me, at least I was like, ugh, basketball is so fun because sometimes right. it's like it's a job. You're in the grind. Then you see these little mm-hmm. kids like having so much fun. It really reminds you where it's like, you this started. What you're doing how it to get... for. Yeah. It's like, ugh, oh, my God, it is fun. Exactly. Like it's not just the grind all the time. And I'm right. upset <laughs> in my workouts. It is fun. And let um, me tell you, I even had a TikTok station and they were eating that up. And I was oh, like, hey, okay. The, the kiddos love TikTok. The kids right. love TikTok. Because why am I seeing middle schoolers on my For You page doing a dance better than I am? That's like, what what's I'm going saying. On? I was on Musically. Like, Stop it. Musically? <laughs> please. Yeah. Like, there was a different app, Triller or something like that. There's yes. a lot going on. But yeah. I was just like, why am I on TikTok learning how to do makeup from these elementary school girls? And I'm like, they're giving me tips. Thank you. They're giving me tips. Like, oh, bronzer here, highlight. Thank you. But before we move into our last section, which is like rapid fire, which you're going to be great at. I already know. We're going to do a few quick things. One being, I'm going to give you three three items, and then you're going to tell me which one's got to go. So starting with easy, like a game day routine, you got pregame meal, you got shoot around, and you got warm up music. Which one's got to go? shoot around i'm sorry yeah duh it's gotta go yeah i need to eat and i need my music (laughs) shoot around always gotta go this is a big one for me and you i already know bonnet headband or hair tie which one's going oh because you already know whenever i'm home or off the court the bonnet Bonnet is on on. (laughs) i wear like in the car bonnet is on my hat, my winter hat, I have my bonnet under. So if you guys see yes. that, that's so you know. Yeah. I'm not finna um, get frizz from my beanie. Right. It's crazy. Uh wow. I do love my headband too. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna have to sacrifice the hair tie. We can go yeah, here. We now. Can f- yeah, like the braids can tie it up somehow. That's yeah, how- yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's ways to go about it. Right. And then earlier we touched on C D, but mm-hmm. I gotta hear your favorite Gino story. There's got to be something wild. There's got to be something good. Oh, man. Favorite favorite code story. Mm-hmm. There's just so many things I could say, but I don't know <laughs> what to say. <laughs> you got to, what, what's your favorite? What's the top one? Man, because Coach is, he's funny off the court. Like, he's like a grandpa okay. for real. He's not even. <laughs> not a grandpa. He is. He is. Like, everyone okay. says that he looks like the guy from Up. <gasps> Oh my God. <laughs> uh oh. Um, I think one of the funniest things, like on the court, that he did was um, it was when we were in the bubble. Like, there's that picture of Paige, like hitting him on the back as she, like, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. like, scored a bucket and, like, hit him on the back. And he, like, looked back, like, what? I think that that was just a fun memory that um, our yeah. team had my freshman year. And I think that that's just who he is. Like, even though you make him off as a bit scary, uh, he's just like, as I said, a little grandpa, and it's all love at the end of the day. So I think that whole like picture just sums up everything of what he is. Yeah, that that's a good one. That's a good, and that picture went viral too. But that it that, did, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one's good. And then my other one for you is we talked about being a freshman. It's a hard time, and how sometimes watching that film is tough. And I know me personally, I've had a few horror stories from my own time in the film room with Miss Tara. I whew, there were some times, man. <laughs> But I can imagine. Do you, have, do, you, do you have a horror story of yourself that you had to like watch film or get called out in front of the team? Because it, it'd be hard. I don't know a specific game, but I think that in film, 
for us, the way the film room is is laid out, it's like freshman set the back, then mm-hmm. it it goes sophomore, junior, senior. So yeah, when you get closer to coach, which is he, he's like down here, when you get closer to him, it's more like oh. Because when, when he's going to yeah, call you right out, there. he's going to turn around and look at you and call you <laughs> out. So, uh, yeah, there was one time, I think it was like a ball screen coverage. And he's like, like, are you even here, Leah? Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, can, can you tell me what on? this is? Yeah. yeah. So it, it was it's probably more defensive stuff than than offense. But, um, yeah, defense, he definitely comes for me. But it makes me a better player at the end of the day. Oh, so yeah, for sure. I'm all for it. Yeah. Whenever coaches ask you that, like, what were you doing? It's, uh, <laughs> I don't have right. an answer and, for you. And he's the type of guy that he asks so many rhetorical questions. I'm like, mm-hmm. do I answer? Do I yeah, not? How do I get do out I just, of this? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes silence yeah. is just the best. <laughs> See, I had to learn that silence was the best because my freshman mm-hmm. year, I remember I threw like back-to-back passes and it was the same pass to my same teammate. Yeah. And she could have caught it. It hit her hand. And so oh, Tara's okay. asking me, Tara's asking me like, oh, are you going to throw it again? Yes. And then all the seniors yep. turn to look at me and they're like, Haley. And I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I'm gonna, the right. opportunity, the, if the opportunity are to arise, I'm yeah. going to throw the pass again and she better catch it. So like, yeah. you know, I had to learn silence was the way the majority of the time. Yeah. you know what? To each their own. Right. Moving into our last section here called the vibe check. It's going to be rapid fire questions. So I need you to do your best of going okay. fast. Some some people are great. Some people are horrible. Um, okay. Yeah. So I believe let's in you. Drive, let's drive for like mid. <laughs> yeah, don't set the expectations too high. All yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So starting off, what's the drill you never want to see on the practice plan? Oh my gosh, Kansas. Okay, Let me tell you about Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> Kansas. Tell me. Oh my gosh. So basically it's three people going at a time. We got okay. uh like a usually like a forward or a big and then two yeah. guards. So you throw the ball off the backboard okay. and then it's a weave, you do a yeah. layup. But you're not done. You have four more trips to go. After four? that, yes, four. <laughs> so after that layup, you come back down. It's a three-point shot. Then you inbound it. Then you go back down. You usually do like a a secondary play or something like that, like a pistol, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Do that. Then it's like a driving kick. Then you're done. But mind you, these three people are doing like four there and backs in one rep. And if wow. you're a forward like me, you have Oof. to inbound the ball. And CD yeah. doesn't want the ball to touch. So uh-uh. even if it goes through the hoop or it's a rebound, you got to catch that there. ball. Or you, you start over. There. Wow. That, that one definitely, especially my freshman year, that was an eye-opener. And yeah. um, I was like, you got to be conditioned to do that. And a lot of our drills are conditioning drills. So, oh, yeah. That's uh, how they like that to get one, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a setup from the start. It's, it's when you hear it, When you hear it. When you're Kansas, you're like, all right, all right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know at, at Stanford, we had this one drill. It was our uh, five-man weave. And let me tell oh, you, every gosh. day, I'd be trying to look at Tara's practice name. I'm like, is it yeah, on yeah, the yeah. schedule? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I go, look, it's like always in their back pocket. I'm like, looking. I'm like, okay. You got to tell the team. I'm mm-hmm. like, guys, like, honestly, it's at the end. Yeah. So you may want to find a few places to coast. You may want right. to figure it out <laughs> because it's coming. Right. And it's always right. at the end. It's a setup. <laughs> it okay. Is. Game-winning shot or game-winning block? I'm going to go bucket. Okay. Okay. Group TikTok or solo TikTok? Ooh, I be killing the solo ones. You do. You do. (laughs) But the thing with the group ones, like if not everyone's on the same page, 
it may not be successful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do a lot of dancing TikToks too. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say group ones because they're always funny. You always get a lot yeah. of good drafts with group ones. Toughest place to play on the road. Ooh, we've been to a lot of good places. Um, yeah. I would say Tennessee just because of mm-hmm. you know the history and the robbery. It's on and popping everything. up in there. It, it, it is, and yeah. that orange is bright. It's it, it really is. It's a sea of orange, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if I like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's the biggest trash talker? It could be played against on your team. Biggest trash talker. Biggest trash talker. Oh, this is not going. It's not rapid fire at all. It's okay. Know. We set our expectations low. <laughs> right. It's, it's a cool mid. Um, I don't know that I've played against. Maybe, maybe like, let's think about the national championship game. When I was playing that okay. game, I feel like just the whole South Carolina team, they were really just, just the whole honest. team was chirping. Yeah. Okay. They was just honest. Uh, I wouldn't say it I wasn't can see like that. trash talk. It was like healthy competition. But like, if yeah. we were winning too, I would be like, flexing and doing all that stuff too yeah so i would say that's the that's the biggest like game where i felt like dang like maybe i shouldn't say nothing back (laughs) just eat it (laughs) a little bit (laughs) i got you you just gotta take some sometimes yeah Yeah. biggest flopper oh you want me to call Uh somebody out now (laughs) it's up to you it's up to you I'm a, I'm, no, I'm not going to say anything because you want me to, you're going to set me up. So I'm going to say, no, no, I'm going to my list. You, 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 you can give us one on your team to not, to not oh, set you okay, up okay, if you okay. have one in mind. Biggest flopper. See, that's setting me up even more because I have to go what? back and live with these people. Exactly. Uh, exactly. But this is something I'm sure you would say to them anyways. I'll be telling yeah, people when they flop. That's true. Yeah. I would, I would say maybe Nika. <laughs> <laughs> not her oh my god! I, I feel like i feel like especially like me and her we know how to draw the fouls really well yeah, so yeah, yeah. i wouldn't call it flopping i would say that we're really it's a performance how we're trying to yeah a little bit gotta okay. do a little acting take yeah. a little take a little hit at the same time so all right it works all out. right okay what's your biggest basketball ick there's a lot in practice like we have a water bottle cart so all, all of oh, our I water bottles are on the cart yeah if if he calls for a water break, I need space to like go and grab my water bottle. I don't want you guys just chilling, drinking water right by the cart. Like yeah. I need space to grab it and and get out of there. So if yeah. if you're taking too long by the cart, it's running into my water break time and CD be get like, out of there. it's not a full media timeout. So I don't need all that happening to me at the same time. Exactly. So that's one of my icks. Don't stand it's by horrible, the horrible because water breaks yes. aren't a sit down time. It's go right. get a sip. So why are you standing where my bottle right. is? What <laughs> exactly. are you doing? <laughs> exactly. Okay. Who's your celebrity lookalike? Lookalike? Okay. Yeah. Um, do we have one? Hold on. I don't know if we do. Uh oh. Okay. We can That's say okay. we can probably say Aaliyah because you know it's the same name, same spelling, and everything. Oh, okay. I think she 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 cute too. So <laughs> that's not a bad one. <laughs> shout out! Shout out, Aaliyah. She cute too. Okay. <laughs> if you had to pick someone to be our two on two partner. And you can't mm-hmm. pick a teammate. Who oh. would you pick? I need a I need a guard for sure. I can't. <laughs> I need a, I need space to operate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I would probably say, let's go with Kia because I feel like, you know, oh, we yeah, already you, played together. You are dropping the ball in terms of this <laughs> rapid fire, and then you just want to say your fellow Canadian Kia. That's yeah, crazy. You said I couldn't say UConn teammate, so I'm going to go with, uh, you know, my other teammate. You're killing me. 
Okay, I hope this one's better, but I feel like it won't be. What's your favorite okay. pregame hype song? I'm gonna tell you my favorite artist. So it's definitely Drake. You know, I okay. gotta, <laughs> I gotta <laughs> rep the six. Um, All right, but no, he he gets me hype. But usually, okay. like off the court, I like to do more like a chill Drake. But pregame yeah, is yeah, more yeah. like. So what? So yeah. So what's like our up tempo Drake? Um, maybe oh, like here we go again. <laughs> Here we go again. You're killing me, Haley. You're killing me. <laughs> um, trying to think of a song off that. You're done. We're just gonna stick with yeah, Drake. Yeah, we're just gonna okay. Say Drake. I period. need a good one for this last one. Your best okay, impersonation of of Coach Gino. Of Coach. Okay. Yeah. So he'd be like, let me move the mic a little bit. He'd be like. Okay, well, you need to talk us through it. This is a podcast. Oh, you can't oh, just give okay, face. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all he gives sometimes. There's no words. He just gives. Okay. He just gives like like RBF. Is that what we're getting? What, yeah, what we a getting? little bit. So okay, okay, say I miss a layup. He'll like turn to the to the bench and turn to like our our position coaches and uh-huh. be like be like Jay, what is that? Is that what you've been teaching Aaliyah? I know oh, she doesn't no. do that in practice. Why is she doing that in the game? <laughs> and then he'll just Damn. like, yeah. If I like, was like a position coach, I'd be like, Aaliyah, I got to hear it because of you. Get it together. Right. No, no, I don't I need do this. Get it. I do get oh, it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that the face expression was way better. But it's okay. okay. Well, you know, we'll forget for, about for it. the people who watch the pod, they'll get to see the face. So see, I appreciate watch that as well. It now that yeah, yeah, I've yeah. done the impression. You know what I'm saying? I'm okay. helping you out at the same time. Oh, yeah. Shout yeah. out you. <laughs> You're done. But. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been nothing but a pleasure. You're amazing. I'm a big fan. So thank you for coming on. Thank you. I'm a big fan of you too. Keep killing in the league. You know what I'm saying? Oh, jeez. But thank (laughs) you to everybody for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of Sometimes I Hoop. Players Tribute.com